Stephen King's cinematic adaptations are many. There seems to be a new one every year. Some of them adaptations of some of his stories that have already been adapted before. King is one of those authors whose work has been adapted into short films, features, television series, and even for the stage. His work inspires many, and the results are, well, uneven. Some of the films come out like Carrie or It, while others are more like Dreamcatcher. His way to be open about his work going into the hands of others is reflected in the Dollar Baby or Dollar Deal, where he allows students and aspiring filmmakers to adapt his work for the cost of a single dollar. Of course, the majority of what the public sees is composed of massively big-budget adaptations of his more famous work. Movies like the more recent It have budgets nearing 80 million US. So, to see one of his non-dollar babies adapted to the screen for a lower budget and by a well-established director is something that some did not expect. This is exactly what happened with The Mist on this episode of What the F*** Happened to This Horror Movie. I want to thank you guys for watching What the F*** Happened to This Horror Movie and ask that if you enjoy our shows, please subscribe to our channel right now. Like this video and click on the bell so you can be notified each time a new video goes up. And now, back to the show. The cinematic adaptation of The Mist was something that some fans really wanted and looked forward to, while others basically dreaded it, for it was bound to make changes to the story that they wouldn't like. The fact that Frank Darabont was set to write and direct intensified feelings for some. The fans of the story worried about the changes that would be made, while those who loved Darabont just couldn't wait to see what he'd do here. To ease the worries, one need only look at Darabont's resume. The last film he had written was The Green Mile, another Stephen King film which made massive amounts of money at the box office, almost $287 million on a budget of $60 million. As a director, Darabont also did The Green Mile and The Majestic back-to-back -back before The Mist. One could say the man had the right qualifications to adapt King's work, but the fact that these are not as much straight horror as The Mist was previewed to be something that stuck to some. Now, with Darabont in place to adapt the screenplay and direct, and his pedigree strongly putting him in a position to make a great film, where did things do? No wrong, but differently. As some will know, the film adaptation of The Mist cost about 18 million US, a fairly low budget for a horror film with this sort of talent behind it, and made a little over 57 million US at the box office. So this is not a failure, it's a success, but not exactly the kind of success that was expected by some. So the numbers are good, and are not something to worry too much about. Could the film have made more money? Yes, absolutely. Did it do decent numbers? Also, absolutely. What went different here? What leads us to ask what the f happened to The Mist is the adaptation itself. It started with the adaptation by Darabont. You see, for those who have read the story in the anthology Skeleton Crew, or in its standalone release, there are differences between what was on the page and what they got on the screen. The film adaptation took a lot of liberties, and change some massive elements throughout. The main changes are more in terms of character development and about the reason for the mist itself. The story on film here is that of a man who notices a mist rolling into town. He heads into town with his son for a supply run, and there he meets a mixed group of locals who are all in the grocery store. They become trapped in the store as personalities clash and a strong worry about what may be in the mist becomes a panic fairly fast. Will they make it out? What will happen to them? and how will they survive? Then, the cast for the newly, possibly improved, possibly not characters. The lead is played by Thomas Jane and has had a few changes from the original story. 
but mostly the spirit remains here. The character of Mrs. Carmody, played by Marcia Gay Harden, is one where the most significant changes seems to have been made. While she is originally on paper a paranoid person in the film, the whole uber-Christian angle was added to make her end of days doom talk something a bit more specific, and to give her a more dictated way of reacting and of being, while she tries to hold on to her beliefs for dear life and at the risk of others' lives. This character change is fairly strong, and a lot of folks were not all that happy about it, while others see this as a strong change that really grounded her in a group of people who would mostly act this way. She does become less generic, but may ruffle some feathers. Her faith is something that works to help bring her followers and help her become more complex. While Mrs. Carmody becomes more religious in the film to the point of being a fanatic, the story itself has a bit of a change where in the book, things are more depending on God than on a random freak accident. Now, the film does not say it is an act of God, but it also does not make that quite as obvious. Other characters have changes, but none seem to be this clear and explicit in style. A few new characters were added to the film, with some serving the purpose of advancing the story a bit faster, and others to set the tone for things that would need to be narrated otherwise. The rest of the cast here is solid, with folks who turn in usually strong performances, including Andre Brower, Laurie Holden, William Sadler, Melissa McBride, and a few others. Fans of The Walking Dead a Darabont TV series, we'll see that a few of them were brought back to it by Darabont, who also wanted to bring Thomas Jane along as Rick. Now, there's a change that could have made a show completely different. A few bits of trivia should be looked at as well. The film uses paintings by Drew Struton, a revered painter of genre film posters who did many classics. His work can be seen in the Star Wars universe, Indiana Jones, Back to the Future, Tales of Halloween, Pan's Labyrinth, The Thing, which is seen in the film, and many, many others fans would instantly recognize. Some of the paintings Thomas Jane's character is working on include images inspired by King's The Dark Tower. While the film takes place in Maine, even including a t-shirt for a local radio station owned by King, the film was shot in Louisiana. The setup makes it hard to distinguish the two locations in true movie magic. Only a fire truck with the Louisiana parish name on it breaks the illusion. For those who may be interested, there's also a black and white version out there and it really gives the film a new spooky quality. It starts much earlier in the film due to the lack of color and the style becoming somewhat old school, however nitpicky one can get. The fact remains, Stephen King himself seems to have liked the adaptation, saying he was genuinely frightened by it. These are some powerful words from a master of horror whose work is often adapted and not always done very well. His style is quite particular and his fans stick to it like some sort of miracle recipe only he knows the ingredients to. Those who are not all about his prose usually find the film adaptations to be much easier to go for, as they eliminate a lot of his verbose descriptions of, well, everything. For those who prefer their horror a bit less descriptive and a bit more action-oriented, the cinematic versions of King's work, or even the televised ones, seem to work much better for them. Nonetheless, King seems to love this adaptation, and there is something to be said for the creator of the work giving it his stamp of approval. Considering this stamp of approval, one would expect the reviews from critics and fans alike to be along the lines of completely positive, but they aren't. The film seems to score better with critics than with viewers, having a 72% rotten score with critics versus a 65% score with viewers. These scores are passing scores, but nothing like the one would expect from Darabont following his success with the Green Mile. Something seems to be amiss. A quick read of comments shows that the changes mentioned before really did do well with some part of the audience. The clear HP Lovecraft influences really work for some, 
while others just could not stand them. Some loved the mystery at the center of everything, but it seems many found the film unsatisfactory. In terms of aging, The Mist aged quite well. It's a fairly timeless story of the unknown, striking fear in the people of a small town. Yes, that has some cliches, but here they work well, and the addition of the creatures is something that, while not necessary to the story overall, works well here. The mystery, the suspense, and the fact that there is something else out there helps keep the viewer involved and interested. At this point, there is pretty much no chance of going in completely blind unless the viewer has been living under a rock. At the time of release, it was fairly easy to avoid the trailers and go in completely blind, especially for those who didn't read the novella. That fact helped make the film a bit scarier, a bit more surprising. Nowadays, it's possibly not one many will remember the marketing for, and they should absolutely watch it as blind as possible. For fans of King and his writing, for his constant readers, going in knowing there have been some changes from minor to major is probably the best way to go, as the score for the film is a passing one, and the talent behind and in front of the camera is quite good, there's a high chance that with an open mind, this could be a film that could be greatly appreciated. Going in with an idea that the story and characters have changed is the best way to prepare for this film, and being ready to be surprised while embracing change can really help the viewing experience. The Mist, now being 15 years old, it can be watched with a different eye, a different point of view. The available black and white version adds to the mystery and atmosphere, while the color version is the one most saw in theaters or on television by now. The chance to revisit the film a decade and a half later really gives a new view on it, giving it something different to talk about. The film had, and still has, some political elements, some religious elements, and with what we now know about how the general population reacts to a massive international crisis, there's a brand new way to watch this film and see it as an almost future-predicting story, something Stephen King seems to do quite well. Overall, The Mist was not as big of a critical hit or fan favorite as some might have expected it to be, but it did quite well at the box office, and fans of it are still very much enthused with it. For those who didn't like it originally, a rewatch may be in order, perhaps in black and white, to see it with new eyes and a new angle given the changes that have happened in the world since 2007. Just speak away.